Cranberry Halloween by Wendy and Harry Devlin. The New England October skies were bright and blue. Orange and yellow pumpkins lay in the fields and the smell of cider was everywhere. Halloween, wonderful Halloween is coming, said Maggie, throwing her hat in the air. Grandmother stopped stirring her cake. Halloween is coming, but there will be two weeks of hard work before it does. All the money for the new dock must be in on Halloween night, where it can't be finished by winter. A week ago, when the Cranberryport dock had been swept away by a wild storm, the townspeople had gathered in dismay at their town hall. What would Cranberryport be without a dock? Where would they tie their boats? Where would the children gather to fish and swim? Where would they all meet to picnic and watch sunsets? We will build a new dock, said the mayor, and we will all help raise the money, said grandmother. Suffering codfish, I'll collect the money, said Mr. Whiskers. I have my grandfather's money box. Then you shall be treasurer, Mr. Whiskers, said the mayor, and I'll guard your blinking money with my life, said the old clam digger, saluting proudly. But not everyone wanted Mr. Whiskers to be treasurer. Mr. Grape was not about to let his least favorite neighbor enjoy such an honor. I object, said Mr. Grape. He banged his king on the floor. I double object. Mr. Whiskers doesn't police weeds, doesn't paint his house, and doesn't wash his windows. He'll lose your money. Grandmother stood and looked Mr. Grape in the eye. Mr. Whiskers would never let his friends down. The crowd quite agreed with Grandmother, and Mr. Grape left, shaking his cane angrily. The people of Cranberry Port went home and began to plan how they would earn the money. Everyone wanted to help. Grandmother and her friends would have pie and cake sales. Maggie would sell old books. Mr. Whiskers began to gather clams to make chowder to sell at the general store. One day, Mr. Whiskers walked up the long path to Mr. Grape's big brick house on the hill to ask for a donation. He waved to Mr. Grape's two red-headed gardeners and rang their front doorbell. Mr. Grape jumped in rage when he saw Mr. Whiskers. Never! I'll give no money for your dock, you whiskery humbug, and stay away from my house. Mr. Whiskers forgot all his good intentions. Why, you old scoundrel, where's your town pride? Mr. Grape slammed his door. Grumbling and growling, Mr. Whiskers made his way back over the cranberry box to his tiny gray cottage on the beach. The night of Halloween finally arrived, cold and moonlit. Tonight, all the money would be counted at Town Hall, and a wonderful party would follow with cider and donuts for all. Grandmother packed her basket with sugary donuts and went ahead to help prepare for the party. Later, Mr. Whiskers stopped by to walk Maggie into town. Maggie wore a pink and green clown costume with a pointed clown's hat. Mr. Whiskers, dressed as a ghost, tapped his money bag proudly. Almost full, he boasted to Maggie. They started for town. The rising winds in the pines and the screech of an owl were the only sounds in the blue night. A dark, empty house next to a bridge loomed against the sky. Do we have to pass by that house tonight, asked Maggie. It's not so bad. I played in it when I was a boy, said Mr. Whiskers. My old Aunt Prue lived there. Suddenly, Maggie whispered, stop. I hear someone behind us. Mr. Whiskers whirled to see two burly men in pirate costumes almost upon them. Hand over that money box, one of them hissed. Mind your blinking manners, word Mr. Whiskers. Nobody takes my money box. He grabbed Maggie's hand and ran up the vine-tangled path to the deserted house. 
The dark of the night and heavy boots slowed the pursuing pirates. Running like the wind, Maggie and Mr. Whiskers fled to the front door. They pulled it open and squeezed in. Panting, Mr. Whiskers locked the door behind. Run to the back door and lock it, shouted Mr. Whiskers. Maggie felt her way through the darkened house, found the kitchen door, and bolted it just in time. For in the window she saw the fierce mask of one of the pirates. He pounded on the door and shouted, Open up, we have you trapped. Mr. Whiskers and Maggie, their hearts beating wildly, leaned against the kitchen wall and listened. The old house was filled with noises. Upstairs the doors creaked, the wind moaned through the turrets, and the shutters banged. I think I don't believe in ghosts, said Mr. Whiskers uneasily. I think I don't either, echoed Maggie. Good, said Mr. Whiskers. Let's find a way out of here. Mr. Whiskers looked all around the kitchen. Maggie, I remember something. We used to come in from the spring house by an underground passageway. Are you game to go down to the cellar? Maggie thought of spiders, mice, and damp darkness, but with sudden spirit she said, let's go. Mr. Whiskers led the way. At the foot of the squeaking cellar stairs, he struck a match. The dim light showed a rough, mossy door. Mr. Whiskers put his shoulder to the door and heaved mightily. An ancient bolt snapped, and the door swung away as mice scuttled and spiders scattered into the darkness. Mr. Whiskers fought his way through cobwebs. Maggie followed, clutching Mr. Whiskers' sheet. Stumbling and groping through the underground passageway, they came in time to the spring house. At last, Mr. Whiskers and Maggie pushed their way into the clear night air. Shh, whispered Mr. Whiskers. We can slip away behind these pine trees. Silently, they crept from the house back to the road and then off to town. At town hall, Grandmother worried and fussed. The mayor fumed, and the rest of the party became impatient at the absence of Mr. Whiskers and Maggie. The children had paraded around in their costumes. A feast of homemade donuts and pitchers of golden cider was placed on the table. Everyone was anxious to eat, but where were Mr. Whiskers and Maggie? And where was Cranberry Port's money? Mr. Grape jumped to his feet. He looked very pleased. You wouldn't listen to me. I told you Mr. Whiskers couldn't be trusted. You won't see that old good-for-nothing tonight. While Mr. Grape scolded the mayor and the crowd, a ghost and a small clown slipped into the party in the midst of the party. After whispering to the sheriff, the ghost made his way through the crowd to Mr. Grape. In a sudden flurry, the ghost threw off his sheet, and there Mr. Whisker stood in grinning triumph. Well, suffering codfish, I'm here, and so is my money box, said Mr. Whiskers. Mr. Gape gawked and gasped and fell back in his chair. You have the money box, he squeaked anxiously. Behind the crowd, the sheriff's voice boomed. He held two pirates in tow. It's just as Mr. Whisker said. These two rascals thought they had Mr. Whiskers and Maggie trapped in the old Peabody house. Mr. Whiskers stared at the unmasked pirates. Why, they are Mr. Grape's gardeners, he said in amazement. He's the one who made us do it, said the gardeners, pointing to Mr. Grape. Mr. Grape began to tiptoe toward the door when the sheriff's voice rang out. Sit right here until I decide what to do with you, sir. Now the mayor, who had been counting the money for the new dock, rose to his feet and faced the crowd bad news, he said. There just isn't enough money for the new dock. The crowd groaned. Mr. Grape raised his hand. Would you allow this public-spirited citizen to make up the difference? He looked in the sheriff's direction with what he hoped was a winning smile. The sheriff turned to Mr. Whiskers. Well, it's up to you, sir.
Mr. Whiskers took a bite of donut, brushed the sugar from his brass-buttoned coat, and hummed a little tune. Slowly, he smiled through his whiskers and said, For the folks of Cranberryport, we might accept that blinkin' offer. The sheriff took his hand from Mr. Grape's shoulder and turned to the pirates, and you two had better tend to your gardening. Mr. Grape sighed with relief. The rest of the evening was a Halloween celebration. Cranberryport would have a new dock, and everyone delighted in bobbing for apples, singing, and drinking cider. You were a fine treasurer, said Grandmother, as she watched Mr. Whiskers bob for apples. Yes, I'm a bloomin' wonder, said Mr. Whiskers. Maggie laughed. Grandmother shook her head. And Mr. Whiskers went down in the tub again in a final try for the apple. Five Little Pumpkins Five little pumpkins sitting on a gate. The first one said, My, it's getting late. The second one said, There are witches in the air. The third one said, Good folk, beware. The fourth one said, We'll run and run. The fifth one said, Let's have some fun. Woo went the wind, and out went the light. And the five little pumpkins rolled out of sight. Halloween by Gail Gibbons. Halloween is celebrated on October 31st. Many years ago, there were people who believed that witches, ghosts, goblins, and elves roamed the earth on that night. Some of these people made big bonfires to scare them away. Later, October 31st was called All Hallows' Even, which means Holy Evening. It was the night before a church festival called All Hallows, or All Saints' Day. All Hallows' Even was shortened to Halloween. Today, many different things are done on Halloween. It's a time of fun. Pumpkins are carved and candles are placed inside them. When the candles are lit, the pumpkins glow. Sometimes they're called jack-o'-lanterns. The word jack-o'-lantern comes from an old fable about a man named Jack, who was mean and stingy. When he died, he couldn't get into heaven. There wasn't anywhere he could go. So he carved a turnip, placed a piece of hot glowing coal in it, and roamed around at night. People called him Jack of the Lantern or Jack-o'-lantern. Also on Halloween, costumes are worn, and masks are worn that look like witches, goblins, and ghosts. Other kinds of costumes and masks are seen, too. People can pretend to be anything they want to be. It's make-believe. Halloween decorations are put on doors and in windows. Scarecrows appear on porches with harvest decorations. Halloween used to be a time for playing tricks. Nowadays, Halloween is a time for ringing doorbells and saying, trick-or-treat. Trick-or-treat bags are filled with Halloween goodies. People have fun seeing the different costumes and having spooky visitors come to their homes. Sometimes Halloween parties are given. There are decorations. It's fun to guess who is who. Scary stories are told. Tasty party snacks are enjoyed. Halloween games are played too. Bobbing for apples is an old English game. At times there are Halloween plays. And there might also be make-believe haunted houses for guests to go through. In some places there are Halloween costume parades and contests. Sometimes awards are given. Halloween is for all kinds of make-believe and laughter and for saying, boo.
some Halloween jokes. Where does Dracula go on Halloween? The Vampire State Building. Where do most cats live? In Connecticut. Where does a witch get a new cat? From a catalog. Why did the witch cry when she lost her cat? It was a catastrophe. Why do witches like butterflies? Because they were once caterpillars. Why do witches like baseball? Because they can hit with a bat and catch with the cat. What do ghosts wear in the rain? Boots. Why did the baby vampire bat wake up screaming? He had bite mirrors. What kind of tape do you use on Halloween? Masking tape. Who goes trick-or-treating at the beach on Halloween? Sandwiches. What animal plays baseball on Halloween? A bat. Why can't skeletons go trick-or-treating? They have no body to go with. Strange Visitor There was once an old, old lady who lived all alone in the woods, and she wanted someone to come and visit her. And while she waited, she spun cloth. And still she sat, and still she spun. And still she waited for someone to come. Then one dark, dark night when the old lady was sitting spinning, she heard a sound at the door. She said, come in. Then squeak went the door, and in came two big shoes and sat themselves down. And she thought, oh, how strange to see those big, big shoes on the cold, cold floor. But still she sat and still she spun, and still she waited for someone to come. Soon she heard another sound, and she said, come in. Then squeak went the door, and in came two short, short legs and sat themselves down on the big, big shoes on the cold, cold floor. But still she sat, and still she spun, and still she waited for someone to come. Before very long, she heard another sound outside, and she said, Come in. Then squeak went the door, and in came a wee, wee waist, and sat on the short, short legs on those big, big shoes on the cold, cold floor. But still she sat, and still she spun, and still she waited for someone to come. And while she was looking, she heard another knock and said, Come in. Then squeak went the door and in flew two broad, broad shoulders and set themselves down on the wee-wee waist. And the old lady thought, oh, how strange to see those broad, broad shoulders on the wee-wee waist, on the short, short legs and those big, big shoes on the cold, cold floor. But still she sat and still she spun and still she waited for someone to come. 
And as she was spinning, she heard another sound. So she said, come in. Squeak, went the door, and then jumped two long, long arms and hung themselves on those broad, broad shoulders and on that wee, wee waist, on the short, short legs, on the big, big shoes, on the cold, cold floor. But still she sat and still she spun and still she waited for someone to come. And in just a few minutes, she heard another sound. So she said, come in. Squeak, went the door, and then came two fat hands and fastened themselves onto those long, long arms. And she thought, oh, how strange to see those fat, fat hands on those long, long arms, on the broad, broad shoulders, on the wee, wee waist, on those short, short legs, on those big, big feet on the cold, cold floor. But still she sat and still she spun and still she waited for someone to come. In a few more minutes, she heard another sound at the door. So she said, come in, squeak, went the door. And in came a round, round pumpkin head and plopped itself right on top of the broad, broad shoulders on that wee, wee waist, on those short, short legs, on those big, big feet on the cold, cold floor. Then the old woman said, oh, how strange to see that round, round head on those broad, broad shoulders with the long, long arms and the fat, fat hands on the wee, wee waist, on those short, short legs, on the big, big feet on the cold, cold floor. So she said, where did you get such big, big feet? And someone said, much walking, much walking. And she said, well, where did you get such short, short legs? And someone said, much running, much running. And she said, where did you get such broad, broad shoulders? And someone said, carrying brooms, carrying brooms. And then she asked, where did you get such long, long arms? And someone said, swinging an axe swinging an axe. And then she said, where did you get such fat, fat hands? And then someone said, threshing wheat, threshing wheat. And then she said, well, where did you get such a round, round head and what did you come for? And someone said, you. And that is the story of the man with the round, round head and the fat, fat hands on the long, long arms, on those broad, broad shoulders, on that wee, wee waist, on those short, short legs, in those big, big shoes, on the cold, cold floor.